One year, I opened my writing journal to put down my goals for the coming months and decided to revisit the entries from previous years. I was baffled that now that I hadn't achieved any of the goals I had set for the preceding year, but looking closer, I had achieved all of them by the end of the following year, which was when I was writing the goals for the year ahead. All I needed was a bit more time to complete those goals, instead of one year, two years for those projects. And in the big scheme, who cares how long it took me to get a part-time job or finish a book? These were my projects then, my timelines. No one but I cared. At the end of the first year pursuing these goals, I hadn't completed them, but I had progressed on them. When I think about this, I always smile, and it makes me feel this sense of trusting myself. That was when I realized that even when I'm not watching things tightly, controlling goals all the time, because when I'm creating I'm much freer and I'm not working to obsessive project management, still progress is always happening and in the end things get done and finished in a fluid, ducks of inspiration driven, postmodernistic way. Welcome to Creative Space Mastery Podcast the show about how to establish a framework to get your creative practice going, bringing consistent creative productivity. I'm Tanya Crivellenti, an author who has been on the storytelling path for 20 years now. Enjoy and in chaos, and I'm able to be productive every week. I invite artists and all types of creators out there to hear about a practical process, metaphors and examples in order to achieve creative space mastery. You know what I love? I love becoming this person who does the things I say I'm gonna do. You know, you meet people you haven't seen in ages and they ask you about things you were talking about years before. So, you were talking about a book back then. What happened to it? That one, it's finished and published at Amazon. I'm working on another one, which's on its final draft to be sent to publisher. The podcast, it's live. Go to creativespacemastery.com. Trusting myself, it's the biggest gift I have ever given me. But it took me a lot of mental gymnastics to get here. Most people will know that trusting yourself doesn't come easily. Everyone has weak links. The things that the algorithm finds and throws at them over and over. Mine are audiobooks, some bingeable TV shows, high-quality dramas with engaging narratives, jigsaw puzzles, sometimes cleaning the house, depends on the day, different things at different times of the day, of the week, of the year, and even life too. You know, music, dancing, social engagements, parties, boyfriends, family, games, and cleaning the house will attract more or less at different times. What will remain is the temptation and the presence of elements of resistance and distraction. If I don't discipline myself, I can lose the creative time I have dedicated to any of these activities and accomplish nothing. I call these the rabbit holes, the things you go into in one land, and when you come out the other, you don't know where time has gone. You kind of don't really know what happened with the hour or even the day, it just disappears on you. To protect your creative time, you have to establish strong rules for yourself, 
for your creative time and really stick to it, especially when you start. When I had my Wednesday as my writing days, I had certain rules. On Wednesdays, I was prohibited from listening to audible books at any time of the day. TV shows were allowed at lunchtime and only one episode of something that would inspire the writing. Something relating to the book I was working on, a documentary or an episode of Calm, a show that feeds the writing. This sort of thing I knew I would be able to stop after I finished lunch. Had to be something I wouldn't be tempted to keep watching one episode after the next after the next. The internet isn't a problem for me, but some authors turn it off completely. I put my phone on silent. I put my puzzles away and would never, ever start one the night before. I always made sure the house was cleaned and organized. In my mind, I wrote a note stating clearly that writing days were not cleaning days. What happens with time and doing this consistently is that you get so used to the rules that by then you don't need to think about them anymore. From the last episodes, we have determined that for us, creative space is something you establish right now with whatever time you can give it, involving all activities relating to your art. It is recurring, contractual, it is an imperfect process, and it is a protected space for inspiration to come through the middle. In previous episodes, we have discussed about setting a recurring time for creating, declaring what it is that you truly want to do, bravely declaring your passion. We talked about creating with focus as a professional. Then we discussed about following the ducks of inspiration, your true muse, and what it is to have chaos under management and ride the lows gracefully. We talked about the art of having fun doing whatever and how there are no limits to what you can do with that. In this episode, we are talking about setting some rules for yourself to protect you from falling down some rabbit holes and losing your creative time unproductively. Another interesting thing to pay attention to when protecting creative time from your own time wasters is respecting your energy levels. First, in terms of what to do when and what to do first. Managing your energy is essential. Reserve the time when you are more productive, have more brain and inspirational powers to do the most essential work creating in case of creative space. All the other activities relating to it can be left for when you're not as fresh or not as on top of your game. Research, emails, archiving can be done when you're less inspired. Never do other stuff when your muse is screaming at you to create. When your muse is singing, whispering, screaming, thumping on your chest, when the muse is cajoling, begging, dancing for you, give it all the time you have at its disposal. Leave the rest for later. That is the most essential part of the creative ideal. The other parts, you somehow find other ways to deal with them. Some other time, some other way. Put some strategies in place for them. Second, 
Do not over or underdo. Respect your levels of tiredness and limits. I call it over or under efforting, meaning don't be lazy, don't push through the point where you make yourself sick. From working too hard, balance is always nirvana, the way to flow and happiness, right? All wise people say so. What are your rules and ways you can protect yourself from yourself? You will know what your time wasters are. Computer or mobile phone games, gardening, online shopping, watching whale videos on Instagram, TikTok recipes. Whatever it is, do that during non-creative times. During the protective time, you don't start it, don't touch it. Stopping in the middle or limiting the time during the creative period is much harder than not doing it at all. The rules I'm proposing here are only for your recurring creative time, for what you have set up for yourself, so you can be effective. I'm only going to listen to 10 minutes of this book doesn't work for me. Know thyself, right? I do. If I start a great audiobook, I can listen for hours. Don't create soft rules. If you are one of those people who loses themselves over any tech thing, turn off the internet. Turn off the modem. It must be. Find a way where you can create away from any temptations. Walk without your phone for 15 minutes every day. You will see how much thinking you can get done. Or spend a few hours with all technology turned off. Imagine total silence. Remember we have about 50,000 years of human civilization before mobile phones. Be smarter than yourself and find the rules that will work for you. If you cheat, you're the only one who will lose. If you find you can't do it, it means maybe this creative thing isn't a passion after all. Nothing wrong with that. You will have discovered something new about yourself and maybe be closer to find what it is you have been thinking about during this time. For me, it is easy. I make a small effort at the beginning and then I start creating and ah, then I forget the rules, the rabbit holes. Sometimes I forget food, water, to go to the toilet. This tells me that I'm on the right track. Rarely, when I need it, I take a day off. To make a judgment, I think like I would do with a work-life situation. In some situations, you truly need a break and you are not productive if you push through. You may try to do admin research, but then you know nothing productive will get done. You will know you are sick or truly need a mental health day. And you need to give yourself these breaks. You have to allow yourself some leniency, especially when some situations happen in life. You must be kind and patient, riding the lows gracefully, remember? Allow for the blank spaces for inspiration to come back. The way to measure how much you allow is to see as you would a professional situation. Most of us have been to a job or can rely on someone who has. You know you have a certain number of sick days you can take per year, personal days. Same sort of principle or idea you can apply to your creative self. Don't be too tough or too soft. Remember nirvana, balance, 
Be kind to yourself, but don't let yourself off the hook either. No laziness and no overdoing either. It is the solution. And like at work, there are strenuous circumstances that will make you take a leave of absence. You may need a holiday or a break of days, weeks, months, sometimes years. And with creativity, you can come back at any point, whenever you feel ready, healed, whole again, or whole enough. When you keep to this general approach I'm proposing here, in the long run, over the years, you discipline your mind. Nowadays, I don't need to remind myself of any of the rules or be too strict. When I want to have creative time, I do, just like that. I'm so used to the joy of seeing the results of my creative time that the rabbit holes don't steal time from me anymore. I don't get distracted easily. I know what I want to do, so I go and do it. I'm able to stop a very exciting TV series right in the middle to come and finish writing this episode. Because this is more exciting to me. The rush of accomplishing this over the weekend is so much more powerful than binging over some new TV show. For you, pay attention over the next few days. Make a list of where your time disappearing to. And then set counteractions you can take to stop it from happening. You heard my list. Audiobooks, not opening audiobook apps on writing days. Jigsaw puzzles, not starting any new puzzles one or two days before writing days. If they are any in progress, putting them away. I store them hidden under my bed and tuck the spare pieces in boxes. TV shows, staying away from all streaming services on writing days. Only inspiring documentaries from the one channel that doesn't have the other shows permitted. So far, so on. Make your list. Write your rules. Give yourself rewards and limits. Even punishments if you need them. Chocolate and lack thereof sounds like a great incentive to me. You know what you need. When you're starting and need to establish discipline for yourself, you need to be very rigid, like a taskmaster. You set your strong, fixed roles and seldom open exceptions. Use the work environment examples I've given before. People don't skip work because they don't feel like working today, do they? They keep showing up. They don't skip work because yesterday was less productive than the day before. Next day will be more productive. There are no excuses. If you have to focus on organizing your plans for creativity and researching, that's great. Go for it. Just follow the rules and keep showing up. A lot gets done in companies, have you noticed? Because people keep going and working. As you do this, each time, you understand the rewards. As you reap the fruits, each time you establish in your subconscious what it means to give up the immediate pleasures of binge-watching some TV show to produce, on a great day, 5,000 words in a day. 
That's one of my best day examples, obviously. But you get the gist. You can work a whole year after another day like that. Keep doing it. Every creative practice, time after time. After a while, like with a child, your brain learns. You don't need to keep explaining that the effort is worth it. The risk of listening to a few minutes of an audiobook in the morning nowadays is not so much of a problem for me anymore. I can easily turn it off and go and work on my writing. In the past, the risk of losing hours was much higher. It is a muscle to develop, the one you teach yourself that you can be creative rather than procrastinative. Pardon the invented word. All you need to do is keep exercising this muscle of making the creative choice until you don't need to think about it anymore. Nowadays, I don't have my structure anymore, my writing days every week. Creative time for me is any moment I can spare and I'm feeling inspired. So I follow my inner docs and guidance. I turn off phones, TVs, audiobooks and dive in. I leave messages to answer on the walk part of my work commute so I can ride on the train and ferry. I do housework when I need breaks between recording podcasts. When I feel my voice needs a breather and I need a walk around. I do admin tasks during the week after work to make my weekends free for my creating. Using my time wisely means I prioritize being able to leave the creative time fully for creativity and nothing else. I can hear some people asking though, what if I do all this, everything, and nothing comes? This is a good moment to explain that if you don't insist on wrestling with inspiration, trying to make it do what you think it should be doing, and if you create this protected space for it to appear, it will come, always. What it will bring and where it will take you, there are no guarantees about that, except it will be new, challenging, fresh, something by definition that you hadn't envisioned before. As all creatives say over and over again, beware what you ask for. You cannot want creativity and then expect to control it, to put a sign on it and tell it what to do and where to go. This is what creative space mastery means, space, the final frontier, as Star Trek so masterfully says. If you let it free, you will always have something to do during your creative time. Sometimes it will be more inspired, sometimes less. Sometimes you will end up with the creme de la creme of it when you are bringing new ideas forth, but other times you will just be playing or creating full concepts that will never see the light of day or doing very boring stuff that needs to be done anyway, but it's all valid. And most of the time, it's going to be so much fun. However, if you are playing games on your phone, there is none of that. 
Also remember that the brain needs empty space and silence to work hard to fill the void. There is a technique in neurolinguistics used to assign new meaning to old events. I studied it once and it consists in asking a person to find new ways of seeing an event that impacted them. I've done this many times on myself and through this I discovered this thing that the brain does and it works in pockets of ideas. You keep asking the exact same question over and over. You have a series of ideas about a theme and you run with them and then you exhaust the pockets of answers. And then there's a vacuum, a space, where your mind is looking for the next association it can make. When it finds the next thread, it doesn't come alone. And it's another pocket full of a series of concepts and associated possibilities. I discovered that while I learned that concept, and I noticed that this happens in a lot of situations when you're trying to create new things. It's like navigating space, really. You have to go through a vacuum before hitting on a new galaxy. Ideas come in in the same way in clusters through associations. If you hit a pocket of silence, a vacuum in your creative life, relish it, sit on it. Let your mind relax through it, enjoy it. Let your consciousness, your soul, reach for the next level of connection. The next pocket of ideas, the next thread of inspiration, reach the dreaming. If you have set up a recurring time to create, declared your passion bravely, dedicated yourself professionally to this time of creation, when you follow your ducks of inspiration to know what you want to work on, during which time you manage your chaos wisely, riding the lows gracefully, and mastering the art of having fun doing whatever crap you want to do, now it's time to set up the rules to safeguard you from your rabbit holes. With these, you will be well on your way to have a space for inspiration to glide through the middle. Thank you for listening to Creative Space Mastery Podcast. You will find all about this discussion at creativespacemastery.com and hope to catch you at my next episode. If you like it, give the show some stars, write a review and share it with someone who could enjoy it. See you next time. Ciao!